What's up, everyone? This is episode number 27 of the Wax Museum podcast, where I talk about all things basketball cards from past to present to future. This is your host, Kyle. And I want to start off this week by just letting you know that I am recording this one a little earlier in the week. There are two reasons for this. Um, Number one, like I mentioned on last week's episode, I am located in Florida. So work was canceled for a couple of days. We're just kind of waiting for this hurricane to roll through. The the, uh, forecast has changed a little and it looks like we're going to get a tropical storm instead. So that's a bit of a relief. Um, So that way I I can get this thing recorded in case we still lose power or internet. Um, I appreciate everyone who sent kind words my way on social media this week. I just want you to know that 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 really means a lot. Um, And number two, speaking of social media, those of you who have been following me on my Instagram and Twitter, uh, which my Instagram is at Wax Museum Podcast, my Twitter handle is at Wax Museum PC. You guys have already seen that this past weekend I exposed yet another altered Steph Curry RPA. I already talked about these cards in episode 20. Check that one out if you haven't done so already. But this one has me particularly frustrated. Um, not just at the person who altered it, but also with Beckett Grading Services, with BGS. And on top of that, PSA had their quarterly conference call, and, and that was um, they did that this week, and that was about as productive for the hobby as you can imagine. So I was going to talk a bit about contenders and our first Zion Autos this week, but the sample size of boxes open is still too small to make you know much of anything of it. A lot of those boxes are either on the truck today or still aren't delivered. So I'm going to hold off on that. And this situation with the altered curry um, is just egregious. So instead this week, I want to talk about that curry. I want to talk about the process that went into exposing that. And then I want to give a continuation of my thoughts about the grading companies and then their response to this avalanche of altered card news that we've kind of been um, inundated with this entire summer. So let's jump in. All right, so here's the story. Um, I was browsing eBay late Saturday night, and I came across the Steph Curry National Treasures rookie patch auto that I did not recognize. To catch some of you up, I've talked a lot about these before. Uh, This card has really become the definitive Steph Curry rookie card, and the price reflects that. So cards, you know, I think it goes without saying cards with a nicer grade or a nicer patch command a much higher premium. We also, however, know that these are very susceptible to alterations. Um, So keep in mind, and I recap this on another episode, 29 of 99 has a faked patch and is graded a BGS 9.5. 46 of 99 has a forged auto that has been graded and the new signature looks horrible. 49 of 99 has had the patch swapped out and is also graded. Um, so when I when this one showed up and when I say I didn't recognize the patch, listen, I'm, I'm not claiming to be an expert on this card, but I have studied it in great detail and I talked about it in another episode. Um, but this is not an exaggeration. I think I probably looked at over 100,000 images of cards this summer when I was piecing these RPA trackers together. So you can imagine a lot of these I see again and again, so I start to recognize them. Um, so at first when I saw one that I didn't recognize, I was pretty excited because it meant I was going to add another one to the tracker. The hunt for Curry RPAs had kind of gone cold over the last couple of weeks, so it was nice to finally find one that I thought I needed to add. Um, the eBay listing was from a user named Curry Central 30 and his profile picture was a picture of him and Steph. 
he had another Steph RPA for sale. So I remembered seeing the picture before because that was one I had already added to the tracker. Now, this particular card, the new one he just put up, was graded a BGS 9.5. He had a picture of the card. He had a picture of the sealed box that it supposedly came from. Then the box opened. Um, He had a picture of the cards that came with it and a screenshot showing that it had been graded on August the 26th. So he had literally just gotten this thing back. Um, The description was fairly lengthy, so I'm just going to read a part of it to you today. But I want want you to see um, how this was initially presented. So he said, The card's history. I bought this Panini sealed pack on eBay. I was lucky enough to find this Stephen Curry rookie. The patch is the best patch I've seen for this card. I immediately shipped the card to Beckett and paid for the two-day grading expedite and next-day shipping. I received the card back yesterday, pleased with the BGS 9.5 final with Auto 10. I also provide the Beckett communication showing the date of when this card was graded, which was August 26, 2019. Please see the photos of the sealed box that I opened. I am including, I am including the now open box and all of the other cards as part of this listing. Everything that you see in the photos is included. So... Uh, He then talked a little bit about how great of an investment this would be, and this is just a general piece of advice for buying. If someone that's selling you something is trying to convince you about how good of an investment it is, you might want to watch out for that. But anyway, there was a lot of effort put into this listing. There was also, however, an immediate red flag on the second picture he posted because the serial number was conveniently covered up by a glare. And he didn't list the serial number in the description either. So my third, my first thought was, you know, maybe he didn't want anyone else to steal his pictures. That seems plausible enough. You see that with people on message boards and such. But then I looked at the other copy of the card he has listed, and, and the serial number was both shown and typed out in the listing. So I went to my tracker, and I, I started going through each card sequentially. You know, started with the first one out of 99 that I had and worked my way up. Um, trying to compare this new listing to every card I could find, uh, or to every auto I could find. That was the key thing now, the auto. So uh, this really didn't take long. Like I said, I I went through it sequentially. Well, even with the angled picture that he presented, it looked eerily similar to a cleaned-up version of 16 of 99, um, which 16 of 99 was a smeared auto at one point. So this one looked like it had been cleaned up. Um, Keep in mind, while the 99 autos should look consistent, none of them should match up perfectly in placing pen stroke and size. And with Curry's signature being so small, a lot of these RPA signatures got a little squeakly over time. So to see one that matched up this close um, was another red flag. So um, at this point, I shot the images to a few other people to see what they thought. And all of us felt like it was the same card. I knew that the 16 of 99 had sold via Probstein earlier this month for $19,000. And I also knew that this copy has changed hands more than any other copy that I've seen. My view on this one personally is that it's kind of been the, the training wheels for Curry RPA owners. You buy the one with the smudged auto for a reduced rate and, and you test it out, so to speak. Well, instead, this guy bought it and tried to clean the auto up. And then also, I should mention, he swapped the patch out so that it wouldn't be noticed that he cleaned the auto up. So there was a lot of work that went into this thing. 
Um, it's also worth noting that on July 21st, I correctly predicted on my Instagram that this card would be altered in the future. You can go back, you can look at that. Uh, I just didn't think it would happen in the next month because this card has been around for 10 years. So it really shocked me that it happened so soon. Um, I, I did a, a bit of a double take. So um, I posted this on the blowout forums and a couple of guys did a little bit of photo magic for me. They did some of the overlays. I'm not really good with that kind of stuff. Um, a poster that I've referred to before named Abra, he pointed out the a dot on the back of the cards and then he also did um, an overlay of the two autographs that proved 100% that these two were the same cards. Um, so props to Abra for that. Thank you for your help, as always. He's always been a good help to me. Um, now, the the next step then was to kind of see who this guy was and, and to see if he had any other altered stuff. And I looked at his feedback, and I found that he was buying replica jerseys. So I thought that might have been where he got the new patch from. Um, I had someone else help me out with that, and, and I was wrong about that. Um, I did, however, in his feedback, find that he had purchased this RBA, RPA from Probstein and then tried to sell it under the same account. So I knew that that RPA had sold. I, I just didn't know that he was the buyer at the time. So um, that was kind of strange to buy it, alter it, and sell it on the same account. So um, three hours then after all of this was initially un uncovered, uh, you know, he took the listing down. He then relisted the card with altered in the title and the description. So he's he's not even fighting it at this point. He's been busted. He knows this was his attempt to save face. Well, here's here's where it gets even more interesting. Okay, here's what the new description said. He said, this card's history, 16 of 99 has traded hands many times. The patch traded out, signature cleaned up, authentic card that has been altered. I did this to show it is done, can be done, and I too am disgusted with it. I have a lot of money, which he used two dollar signs instead of saying money, um, and wanted to show how easy it is to trick the graders. I only kept it up not to sell it, but to make the issue more widely known. Um, well, the card didn't stay up that long, so it, it wasn't like he was really out there trying to, to make a big public service announcement because then eventually that listing was taken down as well. It was, it, the whole thing went down pretty quick. Um, so even the, the things that he said in there don't even make sense and don't even line up. So this is obviously a poorly attempted cover-up. So from here, I headed back to his feedback to see what else we could find out. And, and I found someone I knew that had sold something to him before. So that person uh, pretty quick was able to produce his name and address you know, I didn't post that information. Um, I'm not going to read it off on here, but it did lead me to an Instagram account from his company. Um, oh, by the way, this scammer is a CEO. Uh, and on his Instagram account, there's yet another picture. There's actually multiple pictures of him with Steph Curry. And, um, you know, the whole thing is really a shame because it seems like uh, a company that's doing really good things and is filling a need for society. And it's strange because he seems to have... Um, access to Curry. So if the smeared auto was the whole issue from the start, and I know, you know, this is probably very debatable, and there's definitely some gray area here. But if he had carefully wiped that auto, taken it to Curry, and got video of him signing it, 
I think a lot of people would have been all right with that because it really would have fixed the only deficiency on the card. Um, He swapped the patch out, but the original patch wasn't bad. It was a nice looking patch to begin with. Um, So anyway, real quick, my final thoughts on this guy. You know, I don't buy that he was trying to share the news about grading companies. Listen, we know that they suck already. Um, I also talked to a guy who made a $40,000 offer on the card when it was first listed. That offer was auto-declined. So this seller was looking to cash out big. Um, So the onus is primarily on him. With that being said, though, I'm not happy with the grading companies and how they've responded to the recent scandals as a whole. Um, Now, this particular card was through BGS. I'm going to talk about them in a minute. But after reading the transcript of PSA's conference call from this week and how they're addressing a lot of these recent card scandals, um, this company has a little bit of explaining to do, too. And those of you that are regular listeners, you probably remember episode 21 that I did with Adam, where we talked about reforming the grading industry. Well, um, on that episode, I read several parts of an article from Joe Orlando, who's basically the CEO of PSA. And um, one thing he said in there that really stuck out to me, I'm going to repeat it again. I'm going to read it off again. He said, Like most other industries, ours contains a fraction of people who choose to do nothing more than complain about how third-party systems are imperfect instead of offering feasible or logical ways of making it better. So then, of course, he signed off with a phrase that he always uses, never get cheated. Um, He referred to the fact here that a lot of people don't want to sit down and have constructive dialogue in order to make this thing better. Well, so that's exactly what Adam and I did in that episode. We gave our best shot. I tagged Joe Orlando in a number of posts. I had other people do so as well, and we heard absolutely nothing from him. Now, mind you, he seems to be alluding to the need for dialogue here, and he doesn't want people complaining. He wants people to try and bring forth solutions. So that brings us to this quarterly conference call for shareholders. Okay, so once again, Joe Orlando is you know, one of the main voices in this conference call. And early in this call, he mentioned that they're making an effort to improve the grading system, which as he said, quote unquote, includes enhancing our products and services with new technology. So even though we're not being responded to, that little bit seemed encouraging for the time being and gave me some hope that our voices were being heard. Well, Um, As I went through that conference call, those hopes were dashed very quickly. Um, An earlier caller then, or an early caller, I should say, um, followed that up and asked about two former PSA employees that were implicated in the investigation for the trimmed cards that are graded higher than they should be. That's how he phrased it. Um, So what did Joe say? He said, well, I'm not aware of anything you're talking about here. So the caller attempts to verify, or I'm sorry, to clarify And Joe asked the moderator to move on from this caller. So the caller wasn't even then able to clarify. Well, the hits kept coming. So the next caller brings up the trimming scandal again, and he asked a good question. He said, quote, do you think, uh, what do you think is missing in your grading and authentication process that prevented the graders from actually identifying these trimmed cards? What, if anything, can you do to address the loopholes that certain collectors are taking advantage of today? Um, Joe did not like that 
that phrase or that term loophole being used there because his reply said, well, we don't view this as being any loophole on our end. And we think that in the overall scheme of our business that some of this has been blown way out of proportion. But we're very confident in the services that we provide and very confident in the grading staff that we have. And so is the public. As I mentioned, over the past several months, our business, if anything, has increased. So it kind of tells you that the overall marketplace thinks of our grading services and the quality of our product. End quote. Now, keep in mind all of the figures that they bragged about in this conference call, which, mind you, I expect them to do. They're on the phone with shareholders. But these figures were for the last quarter. So we really don't know if the numbers have taken a big hit yet. Um, I really doubt they have. I, I doubt they're seeing a lot less business, but we don't know yet. But his whole approach to this is, well, you know, surely our product is still good because people are paying for it. That's just something to think about. Um, the questions really kept coming about various scandals. And during one of the questions about PWCE, PWCC, um, the CFO and senior vice president, whose name is also Joe, Joe Wallace, he chimed in and said, um, I think the whole trimming issue that we spent a lot of time talking about today is really something that we don't consider material to our business. And we'd probably just like to leave it at that in terms of any additional questions on the subject. Well, I, uh, yeah, end quote, I'm sure you do. Um, so then the last question, you can see that they're, they're really trying to um, control what's being asked here. So the last question went back to technology, which I thought was good. Um, I liked what Joe said earlier about technology. Um, so I want to read the majority of what the caller had to say because it's kind of a long question. And then I'll give Joe Orlando's response, which was not long. Um, the caller said, it seems some kind of change needs to happen in regard to ensuring that trimmed cards don't get authenticated. I think you touched on it a little bit earlier in terms of employing some new technologies. Can you talk a little bit about, and they said, I mean, one of the things that's kind of being discussed on message boards is um, computerized grading, grading and how humans are inherently flawed in that sense where it's hard to maybe pick up on some of the minutiae. What kind of technologies are you looking at going forward in terms of, um, and what are and are you eventually going to try and take this out of human hands and computerize the card grading specifically? Um, there's a lot to unpack in that question, and um, Joe Orlando's response is is short and to the point. He said, "We have no plans on taking grading out of human hands." So he didn't address the message boards. He didn't address how technology is going to be implemented. Um, you know, and he even mentioned technology earlier. So I didn't feel that that question was out of line. Um, so here's my issue here with all of this. And, um, you know, maybe some of you agree with me. Maybe you don't. But you cannot call for dialogue to fix the system if you're just going to use social media and conference calls as props. Uh, for those of you that don't know, you have to have credentials for talking access in these calls. So it's not like um, you or I can just call in and ask questions. So we're already cut off from access there. And then Joe doesn't want to answer questions on social media, even though he posts there. So this whole call for dialogue is fake. They've closed off all accessible channels for the other side to speak. And I think it goes without saying that those channels are a prerequisite for dialogue. 
So then we had investors that called in and even one of them said that he doesn't collect, but he's been doing a lot of research on the scandals and the message boards to try and get a better understanding of it. This is a smart guy. This is where his money is invested in this company. He wants to understand and he wants to know what's going on. They're asking questions for clarification and they're essentially getting shut down. I mean, it's just horrible PR. Uh, Another caller asked about the technology for grading as discussed on the message boards. So in a sense, he was trying to represent us and his question wasn't given proper attention. There are people talking here, but what we're getting is not real dialogue. So there's that. Um, I read the transcript, so you don't have to. Um, it's, it's not going to benefit you any at this point, I don't think, to take your time and to read that. Uh, and that's really all I want to say about PSA and their leadership right now. Um, as you can see, I'm not happy with them, and I'm not happy with their response to everything. Um, so I do want to cycle back to BGS, though, um, and, and what we've seen from them this week, and more specifically, uh, Beckett's handling of this Curry card. And, and we could say that dialogue is the theme of this part of the episode. I talked about how we need it with one another, how we need it with PSA. Well, now we need it with BGS. So I went to my email and I went to social media in an attempt to let BGS know that they dropped the ball. And I posted my email to them so it's completely transparent what was said, what I'm asking for. That's on my Instagram and I believe I put it on my Twitter as well. Um... Most of you probably know that BGS has had their fair share of scandals lately, but in my opinion, their processing of this Curry card showed a a level of complete incompetence, uh, more so than I've seen in a long time. The good thing, though, is that they actually did answer me, and late Tuesday morning, I got a reply from them that said, thank you for your email, we've been made aware of this issue, and we will continue looking into it immediately. Thanks. Um, I posted this response in several places and, you know, there was actually a fair amount of criticism from people and how generic their response was. But I I think we need to at least put this into perspective and and see that this is progress. And I've complained previously that I didn't even get canned responses out of Brent from PWCC or um, ISO Joe Orlando from PSA. Uh, The big thing that we can do now, though, is to try and keep a little bit of pressure on them to make some changes and let us know and to keep us updated. And until then, even with their response and the prospect of them working on things, I'm not going to hold back on my feelings towards them. And I want to talk through the levels of incompetence that they showed us with this Curry card so maybe they can see um, some examples of some things that we as collectors would like to see changed. So let's start at step one. So we know, or at least we've heard, that graders probably spend around 60 to 75 seconds evaluating each card. And during this process, they're interested primarily in the condition of the card as it appears in front of them. This curry received a grade bump compared to last time. So there's, there's possibly some alteration that's happened on the edges. I'm not even going to address that right now. That wasn't even my main concern. Um, So anyway, though, whether it's one minute or whether it's two minutes that they took on this thing, something has to change. We're talking about a card that costs anywhere between $15,000 to who knows what. 
Okay, I already told you a guy offered $40,000 and was auto-declined. This person was asking for $120,000. So I'm not going to speculate on what it could be priced at. The point is it's high. And as I described earlier, the tricky thing for me in uncovering this card was the fact that the serial number was hidden. So it took me, with the resources that I've compiled, maybe 10 to 15 minutes to match it up to an auto, and then another 30 minutes or so to make sure that all my I's were dotted and my T's were crossed. Had I had the knowledge of the serial number, this wouldn't have taken much time at all. In fact, I've done a lot of the legwork this summer for whoever wants to research this card from here on out. So now, this card gets into the hands of Beckett, again, I might add you. Um, Supposedly, they do have some sort of a process for snuffing out altered cards per the BGS website. Um, So that site says, here's their, their process. The card is examined first to determine its authenticity and that it has not been altered. Once the card has been deemed to be authentic and unaltered, the condition is assessed. If a card is deemed to be altered, the card will either be sent back to the customer with a note stating what the alteration is, or if the customer has chosen to have altered cards encapsulated, the card will be encapsulated and the label will read authentic altered. Okay, Beckett. Well, what is your criteria then for, or what is your uh, process for determining if a card is altered? You're still not telling us that. Do you not look at the serial number? This is a card that you've had before. Do you not give one of the five biggest cards of the modern basketball era a second look? Is your database that clunky that you can't log a serial number and a picture of a card that's worth this much money and then refer to it again in the future? Because this was at least the second time you've graded this card. That's all that I know of. You probably graded it more. But you wouldn't know that because you don't keep records. So I don't, well, I don't know what your records or what your database looks like, but let's assume they suck. I think that's a safe assumption. Okay, so I timed this myself. I went to google.com. I put 16 out of 99 in quotation marks. And I added the phrase curry RPA at the end. Well, hitting enter and then pressing the images tab added another second or two, unfortunately, but that brought my grand total to 10 seconds. What was the first picture that came up? It was an eBay listing for the 16 of 99 slabbed as a BGS 9 before it was altered. It took me 10 seconds to find that. You are lazy, you are unprofessional, and your service is an inefficient, irresponsible use of your customers' hard-earned money. I feel like we're getting a little over-reliant on the Beckett name here for with the name value um, and not the quality that it provides. And I remember growing up and reading your magazine, your publication, um, your company seemingly stood for something. But right now, we're getting tough stuff quality for the Beckett monthly price. And on top of that, when this seller was caught and relisted the card as altered, he claimed that he was trying to help collectors out and show how easy it is to get stuff by Beckett. Well, I don't buy that. We already knew it could be done. But let's say that was true. I want to know, Beckett, what do you think of that? It should bother you that someone's trying to make a mockery of you like that. Or at least the fact that someone openly says that they were trying to do that, even if it was likely a cover. So as I close this one out, and and I've said a lot today, so this goes back to the listeners. Um, You might agree with me on some points. 
maybe all of them, maybe none of them. Um, I at least hope that some of this resonates with you, and I thank you for listening. Now, let's say some of that did resonate with you. Well, where do we go from here? And I, I think I've said this before, but I'm not here to tell you to stop grading. Listen, I know people enjoy it. Um, personally, I've never graded. I have sent cards in for authentication with PSA, uh, but I just don't deal a lot or collect a lot of graded cards. If you choose to speak with your wallet and stop submitting, um, that's your choice, and people should respect that. If you're comfortable still submitting through all of this and you're satisfied with the service that these companies provide, spend your money there. People should respect that too. It's your choice. But I do think that as collectors and investors that we need to put a little more heat on these companies to reform their processes. You guys know that. I did an episode on that already. This is where I'd like to hear from you guys, the listeners. Let's have this conversation. Let's tag these companies on my Instagram and Twitter, and let's give this dialogue thing one more shot. Like I said earlier, my Instagram is at Wax Museum Podcast. My Twitter is at Wax Museum PC. Um, Even if these companies don't participate, I think it's good for us to discuss our options too. Whether it's with our wallets or our social media influence or maybe even contacts in the media or maybe this is one way that someone like Gary V, who has a big following and who seems interested in this, even if it is just for profit, um, he's interested in grading. In fact, we had uh, I had some conversation with him on Twitter this week about grading, um, and he was experimenting with different companies. Um, so maybe someone like him could have a, a major influence here and and this could be the part where he actually has a, a, a positive influence on the well-being of the hobby. Who knows? But we've got to try something. So I, I would ask you, please, let's reach out this week. Let's put our heads together. Let's see what we can come up with. In the meantime, if you like the content I'm providing, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes or Google Play. Hit up the Podbean site for a link to the merch store. Tag Taco Bell and let them know they can pay me in burritos. And until next time, this is the Wax Museum Podcast.